Make sure to give my dad a five-star review. Get, make sure to like and subscribe to his YouTube. And thank you for listening and enjoy the show. show. <laughs> As some of you heard, uh, the state of Hawaii released my official long-form birth certificate. Hopefully, that this puts all doubts to rest. But just in case there are any lingering questions, tonight, I'm prepared to go a step further. Tonight, for the first time, I am releasing my official birth video. Hi there, and thanks for listening to Faithful Politics. We are a podcast that finds the intersectionality between issues of faith and politics and tries to unpack them in an easy-to-understand and pragmatic way. I'm your politics host, Will Wright, and I'm joined by the faithful pastor of Shore Pump Community Church, Josh, inventor of the six-year app, Bertram. If this is your first time listening, we are excited you're here, and if you're a returning listener, um, we're glad you decided to return. Um, so this week's episode, we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories, um, and there is a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> but you know, for 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 what it's worth, it's it's kind of like it's really weird because there's so much other stuff we could be talking about, like if we were going to take ourselves seriously. But we decided to, um, yeah, be conspiratorial this week. What do you think, John? Yes. Well, I think it's awesome. I think so. What inspired me in all this, and we were talking about as I read this article from The Atlantic, and I think you've, I know you've read it uh, well, but the article is essentially about conspiracy theories. And it was about something called QAnon. And as I'm reading this, I'm finding. And I'm finding my like blood pressure, you know, rising, you know, and I'm uh, wondering like, what's up with this QAnon, you know, like, are they going to take over the world and, you know, who's behind all this stuff? And then I text you about it and you're like, yeah, man, it's like a religion. And, and, uh, but, but before we get into that and we will get into that, but, you know, today's a significant day. Um, it's Juneteenth, so June 19th, and that is the day where the last um, remaining enslaved African Americans in the Confederacy were emancipated, and it's celebrated in Texas, and it's celebrated on Friday, um, June 19th, uh, every year, um, and so um, it's an annual celebration, and it's interesting because I posted the uh i posted the full text of the emancipation proclamation today um just cuz i was thinking about it and i just uh i posted it and um that was that was made i think it was uh 1863 and then um which i guess i didn't realize and then the last, um, and then the last, uh, the emancipation of the last enslaved African Americans in the Confederacy happened uh, again two years later, um, more than two years later. 
on June 19th, 1865 in, in Texas. And, um, you know, it's, I, I never had, uh, I never even knew about this, to be honest with you, which is probably part of the whole thing that's going on, you know, in our country is that it just wasn't talked about. Did, is this something, well, that you, like what, number one, like what's the significance to you um, being a, an African-American uh, what is the significance to you? Like, how do you think about it? And and is this something that you grew up knowing about? Like, what what significance did this have in your life? And do you think it has for the African American community? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because growing up, it's not like you know, it's not like when I'm when I was born, they like give you a book of like what it means to be black in America and say read this, you know. Um, and in the schools, they didn't necessarily teach. Um, that, I mean, like the, the schools kind of teach you like all the big ones, you know, like who Malcolm X and Martin Luther King is and stuff, but they don't, they don't necessarily go like list by list about what all the, um, different significant, you know, milestones in American history are, uh, with regard to black Americans. So I kind of learned a little bit about Juneteenth just, just by living life and just keep seeing it pop up and, you know, as I got older and gained more responsibility and realized I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about the world, I kind of just did my own research, you know, and kind of found out what the significance of it was. You know, I just, I grew up knowing that America kind of had a real distorted past and, um, you know, and Juneteenth was just kind of a part of it. But, but I, but I think kind of more, more broadly speaking, you know, that I think, I think Americans sometimes look at like events like Juneteenth and say, well, well, that was the day that, you know, blacks all of a sudden got it better in life, you know, like they were emancipated and, you know, right. like everything was just hunky dory from that point on, you know, but like it wasn't really the case. I mean, there's still white. No, definitely not. Yeah. Segregation and all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, it, it's, it's an important milestone, but it's, it's not necessarily, the end of, you know, some of the, um, discrimination that, that still goes on in this country for sure. And, and I, I'll add, um, uh, I think I posted something recently about, you know, Trump saying that he, he brought, you know, Juneteenth, like made it more popular or something like that. And I, I posted it kind of sort of like sarcastically, but I mean, if, if I, if I got to give the guy credit for something, like I, I will admit that him, you know, deciding to hold a rally or, or originally holding a rally today um, did kind of bring to light Juneteenth. So I, I guess I, I just have to say thanks, President Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, no. I, what, what I was going to say is uh uh, for our, our listeners at home, in, in case you're wondering, um, Josh has company over, um, so he's not he's not like filming or he's not recording this in like the playroom of an elementary school, which I guess wouldn't have kids <laughs> anyway. But yes, <laughs> yes, thank you for that. I, I I hear them, so I have this thing plugged into my mic, and so I hear them like. A lot. And, uh, because like I have my headphones plugged into my actual mic. So like, um, it picks it up, but you know, I was, so I, I was going to respond to what you said. And, and, and honestly, I feel, 
I honestly feel a little bit like a, a shame to say this, but um, you know, I really didn't know what Juneteenth was mm-hmm. until I, uh, like what you said, like I heard about all this uh, kind of controversy, and I and I looked it up, and then I saw I actually saw a um, the pastors in Richmond were going to do like a, a rally. And I mm-hmm. saw like Juneteenth rally and I was like, huh, what's that? And I looked it up. So I feel like very unwoke. And, <laughs> um, yeah. and I, I, I really wish I couldn't say that, but I honestly didn't know what it was. I mean, I knew that they, you know, I mean, I obviously knew about the emancipation proclamation and things like that, but I didn't know. And that probably just goes to show you again, kind of how the, um, like that these significant moments in African American history have not been uh not been known or celebrated or given kind of their their um the worth that they deserve and recognition they deserve. So it's just interesting, yeah. man. Yeah, no, uh, my I, guess is I'm not the only one. No, I don't I don't think you're not. And I and I think that you you've definitely have scored a lot of points within the uh, black community just by using the word woke. So that's a step in the right direction. I think there you go. You know me, I'm, I'm, I'm just super woke and you can hear my, my kids screaming. I tr- I'm trying to get my wife to uh, put them on a video, but it's going to be hard. But anyway, it's, it's okay. It definitely sounds like your kids are woke as well. <laughs> they are woke and awake, dude. Hey, yeah. so, so happy Juneteenth, man. And you know what? I am going to, I am going to remember this. And, and, and do my best to celebrate it every year. Um, I think it's really significant, man. It's, it's obviously, it's very significant and it, and it deserves recognition and to be rec, you know, to be celebrated. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, Josh Bertram here, faithful host of the faithful politics podcast. I want to let you know about a compelling new spinoff the Faith Roundtable, where I'll be interviewing top faith leaders, theologians, and scholars to unpack the pressing issues that are shaping the church in America today. We'll dive into topics like faith and public life, social justice, and how we can engage our communities more effectively. Make sure you don't miss any of our enlightening conversations by subscribing to it on our YouTube channel. Join me at the Faith Roundtable, where deep discussion meets thoughtful insight. Yeah, well, awesome. So, um, so we're talking about conspiracies this this uh, week, and um, I was I was kind of thinking like as we were going into this, like like um, I had this thought when I was growing up, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate. When I grew up, I used to think that WWF wrestling was real, and I was like convinced of it. Nobody could tell me differently, and I remember my dad telling me that it was fake and i i think i i remember a lot of built-up emotion about it because i was like no it's not fake like look at it like how, how can that be fake you know and and my dad was like no it's fake and and i don't think i necessarily put the pieces together until i was like close to college or something because i just had this like thought in my mind that um that it was real because it just looked real and i and I, I bring that up because it, it I think it sort of ties into sort of like what we we're talking about, like conspiracy theories and like, you know, or conspiracy and and, you know, just having this like 
this belief that something is a certain way when in fact it's not. So, so maybe, maybe you can kind of like, you know, open up, like open up by just telling us like, what the heck is a conspiracy theory? Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, one of the things that I, that got me thinking about this for this week, I want to read this. um, And it's from the Atlantic. Um, The, the article in the Atlantic, it's called the prophecies of Q um, it says American conspiracy theories are entering a dangerous new phase. So I just want to read this because this this captured my attention. So here's what it says at the beginning of this uh, at the beginning of this article. It says if you were an adherent, no one would be able to tell. You would look like any other American. You could be a mother picking leftovers off your toddler's plate. You could be the young man. And headphones across the street, you could be a bookkeeper, a dentist, a grandmother icing cupcakes in her kitchen. You may well have an affiliation with an evangelical church, but you are hard to identify just from the way you look, which is good because someday soon dark forces may try to track you down. You understand this sounds crazy, but you don't care. You know that a small group of manipulators operating in the shadows pull the planet's strings. You know that they are powerful enough to abuse children without fear of retribution. You know that the mainstream media are their handmaidens in partnership with Hillary Clinton and the secretive denizens of the deep state. You know that only Donald Trump stands between you and a damned and ravaged world. You see plague and pestilence sweeping the planet and understand that they are part of the plan. You know that a clash between good and evil cannot be avoided and you yearn for the great awakening that is coming. And so you must be on guard at all times. You must shield your ears from the scorn of the ignorant. You must find those who are like you, and you must be prepared to fight. You know this all because you believe in Q. So we'll get into kind of more, because I have some questions I actually wanted to ask you, um, Will. Um, but so, so you read that and as I was reading that, I kind of felt like <laughs> this weird thing inside of like, is this guy talking to me? You know, <laughs> it's like, I'm an evangelical, you know, like I'm a pastor, like, and I know people who have thought about this stuff and, you know, when that pandemic and I, and, and, and we may get into that a little bit, but when that pandemic, um, the video came out and then it was taken down by YouTube and everyone's like, hurry up, you know, <laughs> Hurry up and watch it before they take it down. And then like, you know, they take it down and it basically plays into all these people believing that there is a conspiracy theory, which, which again, leads us into these, the definition of what that is. I mean, if you were to take the two words conspiracy and theory, um, you may not put them together to get exactly what we have today. But as is often the case, the sum is greater uh, or the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. And so if you put in like um, the actual word conspiracy, here's what the definition is. A secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. And that's actually so to conspire is to make secret plans jointly to commit an unlawful or um, harmful act or even to seem to be working together to bring about a particular result, uh, typically to someone's detriment. So you're thinking about this and now it seems like now this word has kind of evolved to have a negative, you know, a negative connotation. You think a conspiracy. 
mm-hmm. you know, but it was more like in, in the beginning, kind of just an idea of people doing something in secret. So, um, you know, technically, you know, if I were to be conspiring, um, with you will to, yeah, um, to have a surprise birthday party <laughs> for <laughs> my wife, um, that would be a potentially a conspiracy. Yeah. And then a theory is a supposition or system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained. So you look at this and you think, okay, it's a system of ideas. It's something that explains something that's seen. So you put those things together, a small group or people coming together in secret to talk about something and, and plan something or plot something normally um, nefarious or kind of harmful and evil intent. Um, that That's how it's kind of taken the role it's taken in our culture. Then theory just a system of ideas intended to explain what's going on, explain something. And you put those things together and what you get um, is you get QAnon or you get Sasquatch or you mm-hmm. get, or you get the Loch Ness monster, which kind of myths, but then also these conspiracies also come into it or you get, um, you know, Again, like uh, you're going to talk about it more, but pandemic, things like that, people coming together, the new world order coming together. And so when you actually look at these things through time, I was looking this up, you know, Google had this amazing um, ability, you know, to to uh, look at different words and how they're used through time. And you see conspiracy. And so you can track these words. So just the default, if you go to Google books, like Ingram viewer is what it's called. And you just look up a word. Um, what you can see is that um, from all the books they've collected, you see that conspiracy is usage in books um, from 1800 to 2008 is just kind of, it's trending downward. Mm. Um, but when you put conspiracy theory, that is not the case. <laughs> So when you put conspiracy theory, it's basically flat, non-existent, non-existent, and kind kind of moves up. 1900 is kind of staying flat, flat, a little bit up in 1940. And then right almost in the 1950s, late 50s and 60s, it just starts to skyrocket hmm. to what it wow. is today. And so really conspiracy theory, not necessarily the concept because we – may get into this, but the concept of conspiracy and the concept of plotting and the concept of even an idea in the Bible of old wives tales. That's literally one of, one of the things that's talked about. Um, that concept has been there, but this, you, this kind of American and English concept um, of conspiracy theory, as we, we formulate it today, um, that is one that seems like kind of, kind of modern and as I was looking into this, actually, it's interesting because Machiavelli, the guy who wrote The Prince, he wrote another um, he wrote another uh, set of books called The Discourses on the First Ten Books of Titus Livius. Okay, none of that's important except that he wrote an entire part of his like one whole chapter and the sixth chapter and the third book. And it was basically written to princes at the time to warn rulers against conspiracies directed against them. 
and to warn subjects not to engage in conspiracies because they won't get what they desire. And so basically it's like, if you're a ruler, you got to stamp down these conspiracy theories, which seems to be kind of the opposite of uh, (laughs) what's happening in our country today. And so I wanted to kind of throw this back over to you, Will, but when I was thinking about this QAnon um, and all the things going into that, you know, you, I know you have a lot of examples and things going over there, but as I was reading through this, literally this guy, it starts with this story in the Atlantic magazine about a guy who goes in with a gun and tries to find this place in this pizzeria mm-hmm. in DC, Northwest DC that he believed he drives all the way from Tennessee to try to find this um, secret area where he believed children were being held captive to be sold into like a sex ring. Um, and of course, when he shot it open, or maybe not, of course, but when he, when he got open through the door, um, there was nothing there. So what, well, what, what would drive someone to do this? And you're thinking, and, and, and really what is QAnon and, and how, you know, as like a conspiracy theory and even tying into the greater conspiracy theories that we have, like what drives us to do this kind of stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, um, before I, I answer that, I just want to say <clears throat> fun fact, um, Tupac actually read, um, some of Machiavelli's work, um, while he was in prison. Hence Did why, he really? <laughs> why he, why he considered himself a Machiavellian, um, so there's a, there's a fun fact for you, but, but Q, QAnon, um, a, a lot of people probably don't realize, but the, the Q and the QAnon is, so Anon is anonymous. Q is actually stands for like a, it's a level of secret clearance, um, that, um, that gives people certain authorization in the DOE or the, the Department of Energy. And it's a, it's a high level, one of the highest level security clearances where like, you know, where all the nukes are and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's for like top secret restricted data, um, national security information, secret restricted data. So, um, there's a theory that QAnon means like Q anonymous. So it's like somebody that works in the government that kind of started this and, and they, they kind of gained their popularity by posting to this message board called 4chan and then 8chan. It's kind of like the darkest reaches of the internet. If you want to find out how horrible humanity really is, like spend like an hour <clears throat> in one of these message boards. But they they gained a lot of notoriety because like the 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 secret to conspiracy theories are they're not outright lies. They are they're grounded and a fraction of truth that um, basically kind of keeps them alive. So imagine like, imagine conspiracy theories are like nuclear power, you know, and like um, that they have this sort of like, I want to say infinite amount of like energy, but they've got a lot. So um, they, they can kind of feed off of the little tiny granule of, of truth. And, and, you know, it's one of these things where, the reason that say the guy went into the the pizza shop is because like there is this perception that the Clintons were, you know, I don't know, like very untrustworthy, 
got into a lot of really weird things and and all that it's is grounded in like some truth but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know that um they were necessarily running some sex trafficking ring i mean like like in the in a study that i that i read um it was like back in 2014 where like 19 percent of americans actually believed that the u.s government planned the 9-11 attacks to start a war in the middle east 24 percent believe that um, Obama wasn't born in the United States and 25% believe wall street bankers conspired to cause the financial crisis. Um, so all, all of those things, you can kind of draw a straight line to probably a, a fragment of truth, but everything that kind of surrounds that truth, um, actually is just like, it's fluff, but it's a fluff that I think that people really kind of draw into, uh, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, heck, like this country was actually founded on conspiracy theories, which may be a surprise, hmm. maybe be a surprise to a lot of people. But but uh, Sam Adams um, basically was sending out these like letters to people telling him that the British government is coming over to enslave the American colonists. And this sort of like idea just grew and grew and grew until it became the American Revolution. <laughs> and and uh you know so so people kind of acted on it now now the idea of, of british slavery there it, like we could spend a whole other like podcast about that but but you know it, it's kind of interesting when you have like the beginning of the country you know beginning of america kind of starting on a conspiracy theory and it just kind of keeps propagating and evolving and like through this weird sense of like conspiratorial mitosis, like it just keeps expanding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger metastasizes until you get to say like current America today where our conspirator in chief basically floats a lot of conspiracy theories himself. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think like just this past week, like, you know, he, he alleged that uh, this, man in Buffalo who was approaching these police officers worked for like Antifa and was like trying to hack their cell phones or something. And, you know, like you read reports about this guy and this guy just seems like he's like a peace activist. He's pretty active in the church. Um, but he was pushed down, has like brain injury and the president is, you know, basically like spreading these, these lies from, this news outlet, um, OANN and the person that was, that was, uh, doing the reporting basically, um, is also on the payroll of Sputnik, which is a Russia propaganda machine. Um, so, I mean, I, I can, I can take, I can take just about anybody down the rabbit hole of Russia conspiracies, but like, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll save, I'll save our listeners sort of the, the pain, but you know, my, my whole, my whole thing is that like, there's, there's really, whenever there's any sort of like conspiracy theory based on what I understand about them is that there there's, they, they have a couple different components that always seems to be um, um, similar. So one it's grounded in like a grain of truth, maybe a small, tiny grain. It's always um, connected to trusting or not trusting an authority, uh, an authoritative figure or organization like the government. And, you know, and then you've got people that um, 
need immediate answers to questions um, or have anxiety about about certain situations that they need answers to quickly. So like one of the reasons the pandemic movie kind of just blew up is because that hole um, that that was left by kind of like the rollout of the pandemic with coronavirus and everything like that, it wasn't necessarily filled with like a full blown blitzkrieg of information um, on the front end. So people just kind of start filling in the gaps, like wherever, wherever they can. And, you know, we already live in this like confirmation bias, like generation where people seek um, information or they try to seek new sources that make them feel good. So the pandemic movie definitely checked a lot of boxes for a lot of people. And they're like, that makes perfect sense. Of course. Yeah, of course. Like, I don't want to wear the mask. She says I shouldn't have to wear a mask. Great. Must be true. You know? So, (laughs) So it's like, it's no surprise that conspiracy theories are running abound right now because of that, uh, which I've never really kind of understood because like, like you don't need to have conspiracy theories to like, believe the government has issues. I mean, there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole list of other things that governments have done that um, are equally as bad. I mean, like there's the litamide, which is like this morning and after um, drug that um, caused deformities and babies that, um, that was, <laughs> that was like manufactured by a bunch of former Nazi party members. Um, you know, there's like during the prohibition, the, like the U S government actually used to put poison in alcohol. So when they would manufacture it and, and bootleg it, like uh, they, they put the poison in it to basically try to deter people, but people weren't deterred and people were just dying left and right <laughs> from, from like trying to make alcohol out of just like normal, like isopropyl alcohol. Um, and um, yeah. So like the government does enough bad stuff by itself. Like you don't need to create a conspiracy theory. Um, that's kind of my point. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I got. There's birtherism, you know? So, so birtherism, um, going back to the conspirator in chief, like (laughs) that's, that's, that's another big one that even to this day, like I, I have people that I know that are, that still have a hard time believing that Obama was born in this country and even more so, you know, this, this sort of like prejudice against Muslims because they're like, okay, well maybe he was, he was born in this country, but, um, but he's definitely a Muslim and he shouldn't be president. And I'm like, I didn't realize that you had to be a certain religion to be president in this country, you know? So oh, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's really, it's really confusing. It's really sad. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if this is just abnormal for this time or have there always been conspiracy theories? Like I, I can imagine like when like in the biblical days and this is kind of right up your alley is like, you know, people here, you know, like in the Greek world, there's like a thousand different gods, you know, and then there's this one guy comes on scene and they're like, why do you walks on water? Why do you like does all these weird things? Like, like I can imagine myself being back then be like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> like there goes uncle Je- Jebediah again, you know, like, 
spouting those conspiracy theories. <laughs> you know, someone take the the, the wine away from him. <laughs> the water turned the wine. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, 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 uh, what, what kind of conspiracy theories ran abound in biblical days? Well, I mean, so as I was thinking about this and, and looking into it, you know, they wouldn't have considered it probably from the place that we like, like it wouldn't have been the same kind of understanding. I mean, it's completely different culture. And of course there were conspiracy theories. Um, you know, there are actually many conspiracy theories. Like for instance, I'm not, you know, it's, it's hard because, the conspiracy theories have to do with like today, a lot of times have to do with this, like people in power that are planning these things, you know, that, that are going to take over the whole world. And back then I'm sure that some people thought that kind of way, but um, actually, you know, people in those times, um, they thought about Christians that they were, Atheists, number one, because they didn't worship idols. Mm -hmm. So it was like they worshiped an invisible God. So it's so interesting that you, know, you actually have like, what's the irony in that? You know, that Christians were considered atheists because they didn't have a temple. They didn't make sacrifices. Um, they didn't like worship idols. They got together and then they heard like, these like rumors of them eating like flesh and blood, you know, of their leader and stuff like that when they'd come together for the Eucharist and Jesus, because that comes from, you know, Lord's Supper of the Eucharist, where it's the symbolic understanding. Well, I think it's symbolic, although I, I do think it has some spiritual power in it, but, um, and, and that's been debated, but essentially there's the wine or the bread or the, you know, the juice when I was growing up, you know, Pentecostal, and it was only juice, you know, there, it was a fruit of the vine, brother. There's no, uh, alcohol in it for sure. Um, and I remember actually when I had my first taste of alcohol, when I was with a, 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 um, a Catholic family and I, <laughs> I went and I had no idea that I wasn't supposed to go up and take the Eucharist because mm -hmm. we're at, you know, when we did things in my church, it was like anybody took, you know, they just said, Hey, just make sure you're good with God before you do it. And they just say things, but there, you know, you have to go through a whole, you know, confirmation and it's much bigger deal, which maybe it should be for us or for more Christians. I don't know. Um, but I remember I went up and I took it, like everyone was taking a sip out of the same cup, which is unimaginable right now, right? During the age of COVID, yeah. but everyone took a sip out of the same cup and I took a sip and I'm like, what is that? And it was, it was wine. And I had no idea. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my parents are going to be so mad at me. You know, I was like, this is crazy. And they never told me. They felt too bad for me. Like I just got in line because everyone was going up. They didn't have the heart to tell me I wasn't allowed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all I have to say is that, you know, there are conspiracies about or these ideas, like these myths about, about Christians because they're secretive. You know, no one knew what was really going on there because – you know, Christians faced persecution. They faced misunderstanding, and they were constantly trying to legitimize their position in the Roman world and in the Jewish world. And um, there, there are countless, you know, um, 
you know, words that were written over in that time over uh, these issues where Christians were defending themselves um, uh, before the the culture because they really were kind of misfits. They didn't fit in. Um, but if you actually think about a conspiracy theory, like I think the biggest one like that I could find in the Bible, um, at least in, in my limited research, and again, I'm sure there's um, other ones, and maybe I'll think about them as we're going. But so um, <clears throat> this is in Matthew chapter 28, and I'm going to read it for you. Here's what it says. It's the, the women, uh, Jesus followers, some of the women like Mary Magdalene and some of the followers of Jesus that were women were coming to the um, Jesus tomb to uh, anoint his body and give it kind of the proper respects. And they had done it after the Sabbath because they had taken Jesus down at the cross and the Sabbath started on Friday night. And so it had lasted through and it went all the way um, where they didn't actually have a chance to go to see Jesus body until um, Sunday morning. And that's the whole idea of the resurrection on Sunday morning, but they they're going there. And um, it says, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. So here's what happens. The women go there, and the stone is moved away. And actually, um, the, uh, the, the Matthew reports that these guards saw these, this angel, uh, or these, these angels or men in, you know, these men in brilliant, like, white light. And um, they were so afraid that it, like, knocked them down. Um, almost like unconscious, unconscious, and then they went and they told the chief priests what had happened. And the chief priest, here's what it says: it says they had um, when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan. They gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, "You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep." If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. Because if if they realized that, so so any guard that was guarding this body, if if, if someone had come in and stolen this body, or they had they had not, you know, kept their duties, they would be killed. Actually, these guards. Um, and so the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. So Matthew 28 gives this like example of this conspiracy theory. Hmm. Like basically that was that, that they're saying was made up, but it was like this widely circulating conspiracy theory. So you see this like apologetic, this early thing where like, Hey, this isn't what really happened. You know, like I'm setting the record straight here. Like that's just a conspiracy theory. And, and actually there's another time in John, in this chapter 21, and Jesus is having this conversation with Peter, uh, his his apostle, and Peter had denied him three times, uh, as the story goes, and Jesus had resurrected from the dead, and he was talking to Peter, and it's kind of restoring him to ministry, it's like this beautiful moment, and um, and then Peter kind of looks over, he looks over at John, which classically is understood that John actually says like the, the disciple of Jesus loved in the book, in the book of John. Um, but he looks over and he says, Hey, what's going to happen to that guy? <laughs> cause, cause Jesus basically tells Peter, like, you're going to, you're going to suffer a martyr's death. He said, Hey, what about him? You know? 
And uh, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that disciple that this, this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And so you see these like rumors, you know, that start and they turn into like on the one, you have a rumor that kind of started and it spread and it took its own wings and it just becomes like, you know, um, it's kind of more like the Sasquatch idea. You know, you just get this idea and people start talking about it and then it kind of gets, um, it develops its own, um, you know, its own culture around it, its own understanding around it, its own people that believe it all that stuff. And then on the other hand, you have in this chapter 28 of of Matthew this actual direct conspiracy that that these people create a plan, they devise it because they don't want people thinking that Jesus rose from the dead. And so you have this report um in Matthew that's trying to counter this claim uh this counter this claim that happened. And so you have so so in the Bible, you know, you're not going to find the words conspiracy theory. You know, they're not there. But you do have this understanding, like, hey, you know, Christians are to people who follow Christ, they're to be, you know, um, critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. They're not just to take a claim at face value. Um, you know, they're to. Um, try to you know j- j- just use their use their brains and and not just take what anyone says to be truth but and, and actually investigate this you have different um parts of scripture that actually like the apostle paul will say something like um, test everything you know test everything you know don't and make sure that that it's good Make sure that it's true. Make sure that it's right. There's a there's a huge value placed on finding the truth. They actually there's this document called the Didache, um, and it's after the apostles had died. It's somewhere in the second century, probably at the end of the first, beginning of the second. And a part of that that document says like if a prophet comes to you and they're asking for food and they're asking for money you know, give them that. And then if they keep asking food and keep asking them, asking for money, like kick them out because they're <laughs> false prophets. You know, they're just mm-hmm. trying to like gain something. And I think there's something in that, like there's a, I, I the Bible encourages a very healthy level of skepticism, particularly about human schemes, because the Bible has this deep level of distrust in 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 human and in, in man created schemes and theories, um, and just this idea that humans will try to deceive others for their own gain, mm-hmm. and and we're to be intelligent, skeptical, um, and ask good questions. And test things as they come. And I certainly think that would apply to the conspiracy theories we're hearing uh, today. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny. I I'm 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 thinking about those those guards that were guarding the tomb, and it's it's almost like a, a reverse Epstein situation, 
you know, like the, <laughs> the, so Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein, like the guy that like was sex trafficking all these young women to all these popular people. And, you know, there, there's this conspiracy theory. Like, I think I posted this on Facebook, you know, that he didn't kill himself, but like, that's, that's basically what, what the coroner and everybody says happened. I mean, and there's a, a lot to probably debate about that because I mean, he had, you know, like Prince, like Prince Andrew was one of his clients and all these other popular, I mean, like, like Bill Clinton and Trump. And I don't know necessarily if they were clients, but like, there's lots of pictures of them being seen together. So, so when, right. he, when he died, um, there was just sort of like this, this flurry of things that went wrong that talking to people who work in the correctional like industry, they're just like, there's no way they're like, so the cameras are down. The two guards were sleeping, you know, <laughs> like, like uh, he was on a suicide watch cause um, he was seeing a therapist about it and all then he kills himself, you know? And, and uh, I was just thinking like, I bet you those guards were kind of like the same, this in the same boat, <laughs> that that basically like what what do you mean he's not there you know so that's that, that's my new term i'm 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 dubbing the reverse epstein um the reverse epstein there you go dude yeah copyrighted trademark don't steal it um but but you know it's what, what what's interesting about that and and i think we could probably spend a whole podcast on you know if if believers are more prone to believe conspiracy theories than not like i i I did a little bit of research about that and like, we don't have enough time on this podcast to really kind of unpack all that. But one of the things I found was um, the university of Chicago um, did a study and, and um, the, the gentleman that did the study basically kind of put people that believe conspiracy theories into sort of like two different groups. Um, he called them intuitionists or rationalists. And um, basically like his, his whole idea is that, or if you're an intu intu intuitionist, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of touchy feely. If you're rationalist, like I need facts, you know, um, to kind of make a decision. And he had like a, 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 a simple test. It was like, um, one of them is like, it's like, a would you rather kind of game? So like one of the questions is like, would you rather stab a photograph of your family five times with a sharp knife or stick your hand in a bowl of cockroaches? Um, another, another question would be, would you rather sleep in laundered pajamas once worn by Charles Manson or pick a nickel off the ground and put it in your mouth? And, <laughs> and, or like, would you rather spend the night in, in a dingy bus station or spend the night in a luxurious house where a family was once murdered? Um, and, and basically what he was getting at was like, you know, depending on how you answer the question, we'll sort of determine whether you're an intuitionist or rationalist because say for instance like with the with the picture and like the jar of like cockroaches i mean the picture is just a picture you know i mean like the picture may elicit certain feelings emotions and stuff like that um but it's just a picture just two-dimensional piece of paper you know but a jar of cockroaches is a real like objective thing you know that that you would have to touch and feel and kind of experience right. those, those emotions you know and 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 i i thought it was really kind of just fascinating because like what 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 he was basically saying is like you know there's there's nothing wrong with being a conspiracy 
theorists um, and people that that interact with people that believe in conspiracies shouldn't necessarily just write them off, you know. And 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 I was I was kind of thinking like it's kind of like if you've got kids, kids especially at a younger age are very um, impressionable and they have very active imaginations. And I know like my kid, my oldest from time to time, he's six. Well. Well, occasionally say like, I'm afraid of monsters or something like that. Like he doesn't want to go to the bathroom by himself because monsters and, you know, and, and as an adult that, that I think, think very rationally, you know, to my child who is very much an intuitionist and probably like most kids are, you know, like I can't, I can't bring a rationalist solution to an intuitionist. Like it just, it just won't work. I can't say there's no monsters right. and expect for him to like say, you know what? that's a solid argument, you know, <laughs> and then, and then you right. about it and not worry about like monsters anymore, you know, like, um, I, I, I have to basically approach it in a very sort of like open understanding kind of way and, you know, kind of like seek to learn kind of thing. You know, it's kind of like the, you know, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, you know, basically, admitting that, Hey, you know, like the world is a pretty scary place and bad things do happen, you know? So like, Hey, if you think there's a monster, let's go look, you know? And then, so I may go with my, my, my oldest and, and look around and say, okay, well, where do you think he, he might be? You know, okay. He's not in the cupboard. No, but he's not going to come out of the faucet. He's not going to creep out on the toilet, you know, or something like that, you know? And then I, I basically kind of use some questions that I, would naturally just ask myself in the subconscious, but just actually just verbalize them to somebody that's an intuitionist and, and kind of walk them through like how I reach a conclusion that there's no monsters there, you know? And, and I, and I think that a, a lot of the times when we interact with somebody that has a conspiracy theory, you know, we would really just do ourselves uh, a lot of favors by just asking like, well, why do you believe that? You know? And, and, you know, being be my 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 backgrounds in occupational safety, so I I've done I don't know how many accident investigations and whatnot where I'm trying to dig for like a root cause analysis and 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 a lot of the 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 questions in it is I'm just asking the other person why like why did that happen okay why do you believe that like um, why did this thing happen the way it did you know and and when I'm dealing with somebody um, that you know has like a conspiracy theory, I think, you know, we should just, we should basically just, just ask them questions to try to get to the heart and not necessarily try to change. Like, 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 like we shouldn't, we shouldn't try to argue with them because we won't, we won't change their perception by arguing, you know, but we can maybe lessen their perception a little bit about the thing that they believe in just by seeking to understand saying, Hey, you know, like, like, right. let's just, let's just say there is a monster in there. I'm going to go with you. I want to check this out because if there's a monster in there, Hey, you know, like I want to be part of the solution, not the problem, you know, like yes. we've got a, got a major issue here, you know, like, um, I'm not prepared for a, a monster and I've got guns, but I don't think they're the right caliber to handle monsters. You know, <laughs> So it's like, I want to, I want to just be, um, affirming i want to be empathetic and i don't want to necessarily like shut somebody down because like we don't i i I think we can really discover a whole lot about people um even if they've got 
conspiracy theories, we can learn a lot about how these sort of like tick, you know I mean? Cause like when, when, when people come to me and, and try to convince me that Obama is, you know, not born here, I mean, I could take, I could take one or two, two different routes. I could, I could sort of take like the Marco Rubio route, which is like, and Marco Rubio is notorious for saying like, I, I'm not aware of, you know, that thing that Trump said, cause I didn't hear him say it. And I wasn't there in the room and I didn't, I didn't have the sound waves go from his mouth to my ear and to my brain. So like, right. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to pretend like that didn't happen cause I wasn't there, you know? So like I could take that route if somebody tells me, Hey, Obama's not born here and just say like, I don't know, you know, or I can say, you know, um, why do you believe that? Like, is there, is there evidence that you've seen that, you know, states that he was born in Kenya or something like that. And, and, um, if the answer is no, then I could just keep on digging and just keep on digging and keep on digging. And, and a lot of that, I think in, in my opinion, anyways, is just like, if you, if, if you are naturally just the person that is known as the guy that doesn't shut somebody down, I think people will actually talk to you and tell you things <laughs> that, that um, you would be surprised to hear, but I think it's all part of, I don't know, just starting that conversation. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that we, I, I've always taken the view that when all of us act out of our deeply held convictions so we act out of what we believe and out of our out of our experience and out of our worldview and out of our thought patterns and when someone is doing something it may not make sense to us but it probably makes sense to them in some way they're probably acting consistently with their deeply held beliefs. And if you want to help someone come to a place of change or, or even help someone, uh, like you were saying, like understand, like um, if you want to help someone uh, get to the point of view, like get to the bottom of it, of whatever it is. It's a conspiracy, whether there's monsters under the bed with your kids or whether it's like, you know, birther, you know, the birther, uh, birtherism, um, you know, conspiracy theory. What you want to do is you want to find common ground. And in that common ground, be able to walk with someone, like you said, so to speak. And in order to find common ground, you got to find stuff that you agree on. I've always kind of thought about it like, you know, if you're playing football and I'm playing baseball, we're never going to be on the, you know, we're never going to be in the same place using the same language in the same field. And I kind of think about that with some of these arguments, you know, and some of these things that people are believing, because there's a sense of logic and rationalism right to it. It's not illogical to, like you said, to believe in a conspiracy theory. You know, you can see how someone's putting things together. It's more it's more of like, what are the things that are hidden? What are the hidden premises? What are the, where's the evidence? What are the things that aren't there 
that should be there. And in order to really engage with someone about that, you have to have some level of common ground because that human, that human um, tendency to have confirmation bias, meaning to look at the evidence and all the things there and just basically let that um, present itself to us as confirming what we already believe. Like the classic thing is, you know, in one of these conspiracies, you know, well, there's, you know, there's no evidence. Well, of course there wouldn't be evidence. Don't you think that the most powerful people in the world would let that kind of evidence go out there, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. So essentially they're like, there's always an answer. And so to enter in and to say, okay, you believe this, I believe that, to think about this conspiracy theory, like instead of like writing people off or writing this off, you ask the question, well, like you said, like, okay, well, why, what would have to be true for this to be true? Um, I've heard you say that before. Or, or what is the evidence for this? Or why do you think this is true? Or where do we agree? You know, where can we come together and find places of agreement because when people experience empathy, when they experience someone walking with them, when they experience someone who isn't just writing them off, but taking them seriously, then they probably would be more open to even entertaining the kind of evidence that you're bringing or you're thinking about, or even kind of questioning those deeply held beliefs. But that's definitely a process and someone's got to be at a place of trust with you to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I think one way to of trying to kind of like bridge the gap is is at least acknowledging that where where people are when they're drawing on conspiracy theories is that they're actually drawing on their own emotions. Um, so we we kind of have to speak to their emotional side <laughs> more than their their rational side. So yeah, well, um, yeah, well. It, anyways, I. Um, I think we are about done, but um, I do want to let all of our listeners know if you haven't already, um, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Um, give us five star ratings. Um, I'm, I've been trying to find the ranking of our podcast, but it's probably so far down um, the ranking list that, that I can't find it. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can help a brother out. It's Juneteenth. Don't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my pitch. Help us out. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking to your emotional side right now. <laughs> yes. You convinced me, dude. So, um, yeah, that's it. So um, thanks a lot, everybody, for uh, listening. And uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Faithful Politics Podcast, a product of FHNL Productions. For more information about the podcast or our hosts, please visit faithfulpoliticspodcast.com. There you'll find links to resources, blog posts, and information about Short Pump Community Church that Pastor Josh oversees. Also, you can keep the conversation going by looking for us on Twitter or Facebook and simply typing Faithful Politics Podcast in the search bar. Lastly, if you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and give the show a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again, and we hope that you continue to make strong arguments but build stronger relationships.